May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Six years ago, I went on pilgrimage to the Holy Land with a group of high school students as one of their chaperones. Many of the students had never been out of the country, and the long plane ride and subsequent jet lag nearly knocked some of us over with fatigue. Fortunately, our group leader decided that on our first day of pilgrimage, we would go up to Mount Tabor, the site where the church remembers the transfiguration. Most of the time, tourists climb the mountain by taking a very small van up a steep and very windy road all the way up, up, up to the top. Oh, but not us. We were going to hike, to physically climb the mountain. And so as we went up and up and up, we started getting tired. Are we there yet? One of the students asked. Almost, almost. Let's, let's keep going, one of the guides told us. Finally, about an hour and a half later in about 105 degree weather, we arrived at the top, to the top of the Mount of the Transfiguration, exhausted but amazed at the view, overwhelmed by how Jesus and his disciples could climb such a high mountain and then have this glorious experience, what we remember today. The experience of climbing mountains, or simply at times in our lives having mountaintop experiences, can be so helpful in gaining a clear understanding of something mysterious, something unknown to us. We have to use both our minds and our bodies. We have to pay attention, to be strategic at how we climb, and we have to pace ourselves to let our physical selves keep going. This combination almost forces us to let go of the stuff that holds us back, the stuff in our life that binds us in some way and won't let us evolve and flourish and grow. Leaving the familiar and going on a journey up a mountain or maybe up in an airplane or even out to a secluded place changes everything and offers us a renewed approach to, well, simply being. I say this because when Jesus and his friends climbed up that mountain together, but apart from the rest of the disciples, it was a smaller group. They went by themselves. Something new was revealed. Something wonderful. Something true and sustaining and everlasting. The true nature of Jesus. The reality of who he was for his disciples the reality of who he is to the world, was shown to human beings for the first time. God's beloved, 
God's Son interacting with the two most revered prophets from the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, and those two presenting Jesus to the disciples as the fullest expression of divinity fused with humanity that the world will ever know. Unveiled, revealed completely, glaringly, stunningly. My guess is if you were there, you'd be as terrified as the disciples were. I know I would be. This type of revelation doesn't happen every day. The full glory of God, similar to the glory of God that the shepherds saw in the Christmas story, this time, that fullness, that heaviness and weight and that intensity of love and unending majesty of God is transfigured with Jesus and then revealed to the disciples. Of course they'd be afraid. But they might be afraid of what all this might mean. Obviously, it probably took them a few decades to even grasp at what shred of what they had, to grasp even a shred of what they had experienced. But here's something that we have to take seriously. Here's something what this might mean for us in this day and age. And yes, this is a bit terrifying. You see, Jesus reveals who he actually is to the disciples. Then his disciples hear a voice say, This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. And as you continue reading the Gospel of Mark, it unfolds the rest of the Christian story. Jesus setting his face on Jerusalem and undergoing crucifixion and death and then resurrection. And through all of that, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we know through the lessons taught in so much of the New Testament that the relationship, the relationship between God and humanity has then been made one. We're fused together. Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians, he says that this light has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What this means is huge. This is a big deal. Now, I realize some of you might be confused by what I'm saying right now, but what the lessons today are telling us is this, that because of the transfiguration event and because of Jesus' death and resurrection, that light of God's glory that was revealed to the disciples up on the mountain, that light is now in us too. We have it. Because of Jesus, we are children of that same light. Terrifying, but so exciting. Because when Paul is writing today about that veil or the covering or the hiding of the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing, we're being asked today to do a whole lot of unveiling. We're being invited to recognize the light within and to shine that light into the world that needs it now more than ever before, to be fully alive and fully ourselves. We're being drawn into a reality of love that literally has us mourn 
more than mourn, lament and mourn for the students who were killed this week in North Carolina. And also for people who've died in our, in our circle of family and friends who are near and dear to our hearts. But at the same time, rejoice in all sorts of ways with the couples who are now free to marry in Alabama or maybe the people in North Carolina or Puerto Rico or Texas who won the Powerball lottery or people in your family celebrating a new birth or a new wedding or an adoption or some type of significant birthday milestone. But we're being drawn even more than that. We're being drawn into asking not superficially, but really asking, who is my neighbor? When we meet our friends today after the service from ICM, who are going to have a forum for us, and talk to them about how we might become more involved in their ministry. We're being invited to unveil Christ's message of never-ending love to all in the midst of our community too. All of you, when any one of you is sick or hurting or in danger or suffering from an addiction or somehow else down on your luck, we are here for each other. The responsibilities are huge and our invitation starts with the light, the transfigured light of Christ that now dwells in each one of your hearts. Everyone here, this is really an incredible day to celebrate. And so here's why this happens right before we start with Ash Wednesday and Lent. Because the story of the transfiguration reminds us that the glory of God, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, that good news and that real presence of the true light also shines within you. And this light is going to carry you through this next season of reflection, of learning, of contemplation, maybe even of fasting, or silence, or penitence, or scaling back everything. This light is going to call you. The transfigured light of Christ is going to call you into exploration and discovery. If you feel that somehow the light is dim or if you didn't realize it was ever there and you need to find it, well, we're starting a time soon in the church year where we equip each other to do this, to build each other up, to spiritually walk together, journey together into a quest to claim that light. The reality is transfiguration moments happen all around us where God reveals the glory of the Lord when we least expect it. I got to share this one occasion with you. Last May, Kathleen O'Leary and the two headmasters from Imago Dei Episcopal School from Tucson, they invited me to go with them and all their students up to the Grand Canyon. Most of the students had never been before, but they had studied all about the Grand Canyon in their science classes, and they wanted to see it. So when we arrived, we left the bus and began hiking around the South Rim. The eyes of the kids were amazing to watch at how they marveled at the sheer beauty of it all. 
And then later, it was time to regroup and reflect on our experience. That reflection was going to take place in the context of a whole, celebrating the Holy Eucharist along the rocks in an enclave that we were able to sit up on and look, still look into the Grand Canyon. Well, we began the worship service by praying and listening to readings and began to reflect with one another about the experience, and it's just beautiful, but all of a sudden some dark clouds start appearing, and by the time we're doing the prayers of the people, it begins to rain, and rain hard. And even worse, it starts to get cold. It seems like the weather is trumping our worship, but we continued. I thought selfishly, I hope this is over soon. But as the priest began saying the great thanksgiving and the words of institution, take, eat, this is my body given for you, a massive double rainbow appeared right in front of us, right in front of our very eyes, and the sun was so bright it almost blinded us. The priest had no idea until she saw our faces staring in amazement And she continued with the prayers, and when it came time to share in communion, we all began singing. Well, by this time, there were all these other tourists around us, too, and they had saw what had happened. So many of them asked to join us in communion that day as well. And through that unexpected encounter with God's glory in creation, the light of the gospel was not only reaffirmed in all the school children present, it was reaffirmed in everyone who was even close to us. Because of Christ, the glory of God shone within us and upon us. And sitting here at Trinity Cathedral, it shines right now within you. The transfiguration is calling you to reveal to us who you really are. It's calling me, and it's calling you. This mysterious and glorious event in the life of Jesus is calling you to renewal, drawing you into a reality that because of Christ and his cross and resurrection, he has truly set you free, free to evolve, flourish, and grow. Because when we experience a renewed approach to simply being ourselves as God's beloved son or daughter, we unveil new parts of the gospel, parts of Christ's good news that he has revealed to each one of us. From that gospel, we find empowerment, strength, and perseverance to face the rest of our days with joy and hope and wonder and a whole lot of love. God put Christ's light in each one of us. The transfiguration invites us to show that light to others. How will you reveal Christ's light that's in you today? Today?